my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypnobirthing Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome back to episode 18 of the podcast, which just seems crazy to me actually. Um, that we've had 18 episodes, but it's brilliant. And I have lots of other episodes planned for the future, which is great. Today's episode features another guest, and it's been a while actually since I've had a guest on. Um, I think just with the way things are at the moment, it makes it a little bit trickier, but we managed it fine. And the guest today is Chanel, and Chanel is a previous client of mine who I talked back in November. She is the partner of a professional athlete, and she actually has just started her very own YouTube channel. I'll put links to everything in the description as well, so you can go and check her out. She had her baby at the end of December, and so she is documenting her journey into motherhood. So Chanel actually has a really great birth story, which is one of the reasons why I invited her onto the podcast. And I was really pleased when she said that she would come along and share her story. Firstly, because she gave birth during COVID, which is a big thing. And obviously everyone I'm teaching at the moment has some concerns about how their birth might be because of that. She's also a first time mum. So this was her first labour and it was a really, really positive story, which is great. And also the other reason why I think her story is so important to tell is because she was also classed as high risk. So she knew from the beginning of her pregnancy that she would be following consultant-led care and would be giving birth on the consultant-led unit at the hospital. So with all of these things kind of not against her, but all of these things sort of facing her during her pregnancy and her labour, she managed to achieve this really positive birth thanks to hypnobirthing. So I'm really excited for her to share her story with you. Without further ado, I will play the episode for you now. Hi Chanel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hi Claire, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Just um, reflecting on the fact, Julie, it's two yeah. months old now, which is... Two <laughs> months! Crazy. I can't believe it. Big, big congratulations on her birth. She is adorable. Thank you. We think so, but obviously we're quite... <laughs> we think so. Um, I, yeah, I love seeing her her little uh, face pop up on your Instagram feed. I'm really enjoying following along with her kind of growing and things like that. And I can't believe she's two months already. Time flies. It really does. It really does. So thanks again for coming on. If you could just give yourself a little bit of an introduction just for my followers. Yeah. So I sort of, I never know what to say. (laughs) I'm I'm, as you can probably pick up from my accent I'm from New Zealand but I've been living in the UK for five years now I was a export from London (laughs) to Essex originally um, because Alex is from Essex and Mm -hmm. we've lived here for nearly what two years Um, but the last 18 months we've been living between essentially three countries uh, pre-COVID time that's because of Alex's occupation as a professional cyclist so we base ourselves in in Europe for part of summer and then go back to New Zealand for the winters and then we're in Essex the rest of the time. Oh, wow, that sounds yeah. pretty nice. It's a, it's, a, well, it's a little bit chaotic, but it's, a, it's an adventure, that's for sure. Yeah, how nice to get, you get the best of everywhere then really, don't you, if you're spending your summers in New Zealand? Yeah, well, I mean, this was all pre-COVID though, so we don't really yeah. know what this year's going to look like, considering last year was a bit of a, we weren't obviously able to get back to New Zealand, but we were yeah. back a little bit between Europe and um, the UK. 
And now you have a baby to travel with. We do. We, she is going to, well, she's actually jumping on a flight with me in two days' time, so that'll be the first time Aww. I'm flown with her. Um, and that's gearing up for I'm taking her back to New Zealand with me next month. And Are you? Yeah, so I'm a little bit nervous about that flight given it's, what well, it actually works out to be it's like 39 hours of travel and then <gasps> we have a two-week hotel quarantine upon arrival in oh, New wow. Zealand. So we're... Yeah. We're going to have a practice run, basically. The next when couple. they're um, when they're small babies, it's I think a li- little bit easier. Obviously, it comes with you know difficulties too, especially as you're on your own traveling with her. But they kind I of sleep feel, a lot. I think feel like that's the thing, isn't it? When they're this little, I was like, she's so portable at the moment. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think when she's a toddler, it will be <laughs> harder. So I sort of feel like I should try and make the most of. It yeah. But she, by that time, she'll be so such a seasoned traveller that she'll be an, a brilliant toddler traveller too because she'll be oh, so used to it. That's the thing. That's what we're hoping. I mean, we, we've always sort of said, I, know, I don't know what the realities of it. We're only two months in, but that your children fit into your lifestyle. And yeah, at the moment, this is, this is what it is. We're on this sort of a bit of a chaotic adventure and she's, um, well, she's taken to it like a duck to water so far. <laughs> Bless her. So I worked with you back in November. Yes, you did. You when you were preparing for uh, Juliet's birth. What was it originally that made you decide to do a hypnobirthing course? So I'd heard, I'd heard a lot about it. There's a lot, there's a lot on social media. There's a lot online. Um, I was a little bit skeptical to begin with because yeah. I think, and it was one of the things you said in your introductory session was that hypnobirthing isn't necessarily the best name for it because <laughs> yes. you know hip, hypnosis conjures up images of you sitting on a stage and losing sort of track of your mind and mm-hmm. I like the way you phrased it it's more of a connection between your mind your body and baby and so yeah I've done a little bit of research and just looking for local hypnotherapy courses in Essex and obviously came across you which was fantastic yeah. Um, and at that point, um, COVID was starting to hit. So, no, sorry, mm-hmm. starting to hit. COVID was in full force, but yeah. we wanted to just before the um, the second lockdown happened. We had the one to one session with you, and that was yes. amazing because it was by that point. Obviously, Alex was here, and he was trying to think of ways that he could be useful yeah. and supportive in the birthing yeah. uh, process and the lead up to it. So, yeah, it was. Um, a combination of, yeah. of different things, but having heard people have really positive experiences, having done hypnobirthing, I was interested to try it. And yeah. I, about 18 months ago, sort of just before we started trying to conceive for Juliet, mm. I had started life coaching and that had opened up, I guess a bit more, it had opened my eyes a little bit more to the connection between mind and body. So I was yeah. more open-minded to doing something like hypnobirthing after that. Yeah, it's a similar kind of, I suppose, path, you know, to hypnobirthing. Yeah, it's just a little bit more spiritual. So yeah, that was how we that was how we discovered you, and then obviously um, <laughs> you took it from there. We were very lucky actually that we got one session in in person before that third lockdown came in. I think it came in like the week after. I know. I was, you know, I was trying to think. I was like, was it the second lockdown, the third lockdown? We've been I think in it and was out the third so, one. We've been in and out of them so many times. Was it? No, it was the second one. I think it was the second one. I was, yeah, just before the Christmas one, wasn't it? Who knows? Anyway, we were there. (laughs) I was track now. (laughs) So, yeah, it was nice, yeah, to to be able to do one in person and then obviously one online, which is where we're doing most of the courses at the moment. But that is just the way it is. It's fine. It works the same. So what did you do in particular to prepare for Juliet's birth? 
Um, so the tools that you gave us in the sessions, um, like the audio tracks, we listen to each night before going to sleep. Um, Amazing. I say we loosely because Alex was normally asleep within the first sort of 10 seconds. Of it, but <laughs> That's I, okay. I found it a really nice way to relax. And obviously towards the end stages of pregnancy, you're starting to get really uncomfortable or mm-hmm. having difficulty sleeping. So it was nice to have something that helped switch my mind off and I do, I just, I definitely think worked. And so I was listening to the meditation tracks. I was having a bath every night, um, particularly in that last month. Yeah. Just to really, (laughs) to really relax Mm. and give some much needed um, TLC to your poor body, which is supporting. I mean, I was, Julia was eight pounds seven. So she wasn't a small baby when she was born (laughs) Um, and lugging that around. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely take you know your back and you just get tired don't you like oh, that's a really wears you out <laughs> yeah definitely but it was yeah it was that and it was the affirmations that you had given us mm-hmm. on cards it was just the constant reassurance that I think we tend to over medicalize birth and we're being very caught up in that obviously we had to have a hospital-led um consultant-led delivery and and that was fine and I sort of thought oh you know I'm not going to be able to do hypnobirthing because that's more associated with home birth and it's mm-hmm. a little bit more woo woo um but yeah you opened our eyes to the fact that you can actually have a really positive experience in a hospital setting as well yeah um, and the preparation I guess it, it took so many different forms and the fact Alex knew what to do in terms of massage he felt a bit more ready he he felt a bit more prepared for how to be a birthing partner um, and both partners a proper kind of role as well rather than what yeah. the kind of on tv and in films and things is birth partners uh kind of just standing around looking like a bit of a spare part and but. it's made a bit of a joke isn't it really but it really does give them a really important role because I say a lot actually on courses you are a t- it is a team effort it definitely is two to make the baby and two to get it out. exactly yeah but no it was also there was there was the so obviously the, the mindfulness side of it was a big part but the physical lessons that we had in actually my anatomy which sounds I I'm so embarrassed to say it but I really had not a clue what is actually happening to my body during birth um so that was a real eye-opener again for us both actually learning what the body is doing what my uterus was doing what my cervix was doing how my body is actually working together um and that was mind-blowing just all of the sort of step-by-steps you gave us through the labor process so we felt really prepared going into labor and I guess the It'll lead into it when I tell you about Juliet's birth. But <laughs> one of the biggest take homes we have is I remember you saying, you know, try and get some rest. When you do go into labor, it can be really exciting mm-hmm. and you should, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's a marathon effort. So try and, and get some sleep if you can, because you, you said, you know, the baby's not going to just all of a sudden fall out of you. Your, your body's going to give you yeah. more than enough time to realize what's, what's happening. Yeah. And I, I really held on to that throughout it. So I think that's, yeah, definitely <laughs> a good advice for anyone really is to, um, yeah, if you can then sleep <laughs> if it's possible. Um, and your body will definitely wake you up when it is time yes. for your baby to be born. But going back to what you were saying about feeling silly that you didn't know what actually happens to your body when you're having a baby, that is, I mean, almost everybody says that, you yeah. know, every, everybody is surprised that they actually didn't know what 
you know, you kind of know that your cervix needs to dilate, but I don't think anyone really ever thinks about what that actually involves and we don't learn it in school. And No, you're, uh, never, you're never taught it. Never, I was never taught it in science lessons or no. health lessons. And you obviously feel like you have the basics of childbirth. You know that there's an exit that the child's going to make, <laughs> but you don't really know how your body's actually creating that exit. And no. like you're saying, how your body's working you know, collaboratively with so many different parts to push that baby out. So I, I was fascinated by that. That yeah. really, yeah. And it one. just makes so much sense once you know it. And I think it takes some of the fear away because you just, it just works in the same way as any other kind of set of muscles in your body that you use every day. And, you know, it's, it's just your body kind of doing a job that it does a lot of the other time with other different parts of your body. So yeah. And that, that's the thing. It was, you're saying that your body knows how to eject something, whether you're vomiting or you're yeah. in a- or defecating but it's your body knows how to get rid of something that is yeah you know, need, need to be there <laughs> and um I found as well the the pelvic you showed us the um I think this skeletal there's an image of a skeleton with how the pelvis opens as well yeah. and that yeah. again made so much more sense probably yeah. while I was actually in labor because it did feel so much more comfortable to not be lying down I really struggled yeah struggled laboring lying flat whereas being on my knees and being upright really um, helped and I think I would have thought that that was really abnormal had I not Mm -hmm. you know learned that before going into labor because you just see generally in movies and images and everything you're constantly seeing a woman on her back in labor and I know for some people that's what they find comfortable but Mm -hmm. I definitely found being upright was um, the position for me yeah it just works with gravity like I suppose it just makes sense doesn't it if about yeah if you were doing anything else you know like you said like defecating or urinating you would not lay on your back to do it so it's kind of the same you know it involves the same sort of area and the same or similar sensations Mm. so um yeah but as yeah as you said you see that's what you see it's what you grow up seeing so of course it's completely normal that people just kind of adopt that position automatically when they have a baby and um, it's not always the best position for everybody I always say though I had my second daughter laying on my back because that's where it felt comfortable for me so I feel like a bit of a hypocrite but um Mm. it's just that that was the position that felt comfortable you know I'd been upright the um, majority of labor but um, that's obviously where she was supposed to be born so definitely about instinct so tell us about Juliet's birth Juliet's birth. Juliet's birth was just incredible. And I feel so lucky and privileged to say that because I know a lot of women don't have the same positive experience, but I, and and you almost feel like a bit of a lemon saying it with pride, Mm -hmm. but it was one of the most, if not the most powerful experiences I've ever had and probably will ever have. So I can give you, I mean, how much detail do you you want me to give you a blow by blow account of of how 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 she came to be in yeah, this I suppose just um you know from when you first kind of thought you might be in labor and the sort of steps you took and then yeah like just what? how her birth went okay Doesn't so to be in any in too much kind of gory <laughs> detail but yeah just um I know it's a really great positive story so so she so so I was 38 weeks or 38 and two or three days and I went to I went to bed as normal sort of in mind like I know a lot isn't pinned on the due date but I was expecting her to be to be arriving in 2021 and we were still in the the latter days of 2020 so we went to bed and I woke up uh, about half past one in the morning and sort of just had 
a bit of tightenings you, you were awake in and out of the night just needing to use the bathroom and whatnot so I didn't really think anything of it but they were tight enough to sort of keep me awake and I started to think oh maybe is it is it but then I thought no it's just Braxton Hicks starting because this is my body getting prepared you know we're not quite there yet but we're starting and definitely thought it's not labor because it's not painful enough it was yeah. like a sort of a mild period pain um and so I woke up Alex and said oh you know I'm having these tightenings and he was like oh oh guns blazing like ring the hospital and I said no no I'm pretty sure this is just Braxton Hicks I just felt like you should know because he'd said you know make sure you wake me up if anything yeah. if anything happens he wasn't convinced so he rang the hospital and they were like well you know what what's the timing and we'd said they're I didn't even know the timing of them because they were so infrequent and they sort of laughed and I was on the phone with them and they're like, you're definitely not in labor. And I said, no, no, I've told, I've told him that he's just being silly. <laughs> so I um, so went back to, I actually, no, I, I went and had a bath because again, like I'd said, it was finding it quite hard to sleep at that okay. point. Anyway, had a bath, listened to some of the meditations and about half past three, I, I hopped back into bed, went back to sleep. I had a appointment with the consultant, already booked for nine o'clock that morning at the hospital um just by pure coincidence That's handy yeah so sort of woke up had breakfast drove to the hospital um and they do your blood pressure and urine and everything and right at the end he said how you know how are you feeling with everything we talked a little bit more about the delivery and I said oh I think Braxton Hicks are definitely you know starting or I'm definitely noticing them the more um you know they kept me awake last night just with the tightenings in and out but and you know was very much didn't think anything of it and he said oh we can we can internally examine you if you like just to see where things are I think you know the cervix might be coming to the front you might be starting to dilate he said it's totally up to you and I said yeah well let, why not have an yeah. internal examination so he did and I was four centimeters by wow. that point. so <laughs> I sort of thought he said this is um this is unusual but yeah you need to <laughs> you need to go to the labor ward and asked oh, about my gosh. Well, asked about my pain tolerance, but I just, I didn't, I think I'd been so conditioned to think labor was going to be this horrifically right. painful thing. But at that point, it really wasn't, um, it really did feel a very manageable period pain. And I, I really thought it was Braxton Hicks. So anyway, long story short, right now, I wasn't expecting that outcome. No, I wasn't expecting that, but so wandered over to the labor ward. And luckily, because in COVID, you're not actually allowed your, um, spouse or birthing partner with you yeah. until you're in active labor or established labor which is four centimeters so I felt really lucky in that sense I could just call him and say you know bring the hospital yeah. it's actually go time and we didn't have to wait around on the assessment mm -hmm. ward or anything it was straight into the delivery um into the delivery suite so yeah 10 by 10 30 I was on the delivery suite and at 7 30 she was born that night oh, so wow. It was, amazing. yeah, I feel lucky it wasn't, it sort of wasn't days and days, yeah. almost like clockwork. And it was just Alex and I and our beautiful, amazing midwife um, for the whole day. And she was there, her shift finished about 20 minutes after Juliet was born. Oh. So it was perfectly timed. We just, yeah, um, you know, got a massive smile talking about it because it was just yeah. such a neat experience. And yeah, hour by hour, obviously it started to intensify uh, my contractions never really got closer and closer together until the very last hour. Um, they were still quite spread apart, but they were just really, they did intensify quite quickly. Yeah. Um, but like I say, just having music and 
I felt really supported by the two people that were in the room and yeah, managed to do it with, with nothing at all. Just, just my breathing. I, I didn't use gas and air. I didn't have an epidural. I sort of just managed to, to do it, which again, I feel really lucky for. Did you specifically think before that you didn't want, I mean, in particular gas and air, I suppose, cause it's one of the lighter um, yeah. pain relief options, but did you specifically think you didn't want it or did you just not feel the need what you know when you were in labor you just didn't think about it well I had said on my on my birth preferences I had said I, I was actually totally open to pain medication you know I thought to myself I've never been through this before I don't know what it's going to feel like I don't want to I don't want to rule anything out um I want to be open to everything so in my birth preferences though I just said I know that pain relief is there if I need it and I'll ask for it but don't you know don't offer it to me because I know That's it's there um and it, it got to, uh, yeah, it was nine, 10 centimeters. And she said, you know, do you, do you want gas in here? Because at that point I was really starting to panic through the contractions. But I previously, when I broke my arm, had had gas in here. It made me feel sick. So I said, no, um, okay. I was quite happy to, to keep going. And I think right at the, the very, very end. And I said, I want an epidural. And she's like, your baby's about five minutes away. There's, <laughs> you're, you, you know, I think you said you get to that pinnacle yeah. point where you, 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 I kept saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. The but transition. You're, yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. You're actually doing it. And um, yeah. Yeah, there's no going back at that point. So. I think a lot of people have similar kind of thoughts in that stage where they want, yeah, an epidural, they want something extra, yeah. they want to go home, and they don't yeah. want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's usually a good sign that your baby's almost there. Yeah. So it definitely was. No, I just... wonder what would have happened if you hadn't have had your consultant appointment. How long? I know. Yeah. How long I would have. I do. I often think that, but I think it was, again, the divine intervention, actually, just yeah. making sure I was going to be in the hospital at the right time. But yeah. Because, like I say, if you if I had been relying on timing contractions, well, yeah, we yeah. would have really struggled because they were never, yeah, they never really got yeah. too close together. That's a really big thing because, and, you know, I know they kind of have these guidelines because they need to roughly know, uh, you know, when you might be in active labor. But, yeah, I, I really try and say that to people that don't, you know, if you think something's going on, don't hold out just because your timings aren't exactly what they say they should be, because that's not necessarily always a sign. Yeah, no, I think it's like you say, everybody is different. Every birth is different. So, yeah, uh, but I definitely knew uh, just coming back to that when you're saying, you know, get get the rest because your body will tell you when it is time. It's like you definitely know when you're in that very final yeah. stage of labor and the baby <laughs> is not far away from arriving. You know, it's, it's, it's a really difficult thing to explain to somebody who hasn't been through it before, but you just know something's just different. You feel different. It kind of ramps up a bit um, and you just, it just feels different to how it had been feeling. So yeah, it's difficult to explain though, but you just kind of it just changes doesn't it your labor just feels different yeah it does it really does so that's amazing you did amazingly I was um I think another reason why your story is so good is because you are a first-time mum so that's a big thing because sometimes first labors can be different you know they can be um sort of quite drawn out and things like that so what's great about your story that is so positive is because it was um your first labor um also because you were on the consultant unit which is also you know I have people that I teach who are uh, deemed as high risk and I really really hate that term but um 
you know, that's what they're deemed as. And I think sometimes they worry a bit about whether they can have a positive birth because of that. Um, And then the last thing was that you gave birth during COVID, which is, you know, again, something that a lot of people worry about at the moment, which is completely understandable. So it's just such a positive story because you had, you know, a few things that, um, not, I don't want to say against you, obviously, but, you know, you had these few things that could have had a different kind of experience for people. You know, someone else might have experienced those things more negatively during their labour. But you had such this amazing positive experience that I really feel like it's a story that people need to hear. <laughs> I think as well, we, we were very, um, we're very, very lucky where we gave birth. I, I mean, I, I couldn't fault them. They were so supportive of you know I walked in with my A4 sheet of birth preferences <laughs> and I said I'm not here to tell you to, you know how to suck eggs but this is what we would like and like you're saying we were li- not limited but we were realistic in the fact that yeah. we did have to have um, a slightly maybe more medicalized birth and yeah. um, but again the the consultant had come in twice during labor and I felt like the midwife really advocated for what we were wanting which was minimal intervention and she sort of the consultant was saying well we need to have the ctg monitor on so she needs to be on the bed and the midwife was going no no she's laboring really well by by being able to walk around by having that free movement so between the two of them they struck up a deal where i was being um, hooked onto the ctg monitor for half an hour every two hours which was was fine so it it meant i was on the bed for that half hour period but knew i could get off afterwards and, and walk around um but just so you can have a, a really positive experience, even if you have um, yeah. consultant-led care, if you have in your birth preferences, we had uh, we had three sheets of paper, basically one saying for delivery A, which was the most straightforward route that we yeah. could go down. And then we had birth preferences if a C-section was required, if it was unplanned. And then yeah. another one for if it was an emergency C-section and required, yeah, general anaesthetic. So we felt like we'd covered off reality because we'd had no idea how the birth was going to go and and luckily obviously it it went as straightforward as it possibly could be it's Um, always a good idea to have kind of a few different scenarios just in case yeah also you talking about your midwife really advocated for you like midwives are just so amazing we're so lucky that we have them she was phenomenal I was so moved by how just compassionate and and they're with you through you know the most vulnerable moment of your life really and she was so supportive of you know of not just me but of Alex and we felt really lucky to have her you know she was there right from the beginning right through to the very end she stayed long past her shift finished just to make sure we were settled in and actually we were really lucky Alex took the camera and we ended up coming out of the day with about 300 photos because it's amazing Such yeah a good idea. It, well it, because so many parts of it for me are are a bit blank you know yeah. I, I remember some really key parts but also that this final stage of pushing I thought I was pushing for about 10 seconds and that was, <laughs> that was over an hour oh really and, yeah yeah and and there's there's lots, you know lovely photos well, lovely is, a, is an interesting word to use but <laughs> very, there's some very powerful photos where she yeah. took up the camera and she had got you know the two of us together um and I just those are such incredible memories to have yeah. So we feel, amazing yeah just really really lucky someone said to me the other day one of the couples I was teaching they said they were thinking about maybe filming their birth and um I just I just think it's such a 
lovely idea to, you know, you don't have to show anybody, but for to look back at and kind of remember it because it definitely does. Yeah. You don't remember it all. Um, I don't oh. either. Oh. And I would love to have photos and uh, videos to look back on because you just forget so much of it. Yeah. No, the photos are some of my now most treasured images because they're uh, so yeah. memory. You can show Juliet one day as well. Yeah, no, I've printed some of them out and stuck them in a yeah. book. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, if, if there is just one thing, or maybe your top thing, you would say, helped you most during your labour? Uh, so this one I had to think about, but surprisingly, so aside from all of the, the key things like your, you know, your midwife and your husband mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things, but yeah. essential oils, really. Amazing. Helped, yeah. And again, it was something I had taken in with me, but they actually have them. They they had them on offer at the hospital. Did they? Yeah. Right. If we didn't have our own, they had some. But um, so I found I was feeling quite sick towards the end of it, and peppermint was mm-hmm. really nice to smell, and mandarin. Um, I had oh, an uplifting sort of um, scent, but I found that to be really. I'd throw them in my bag as a sort of just in case. Yeah. But I found, uh, found, yeah, having the sense of smell was something quite powerful during birth. It's such a, yeah, it, I, it's one of your senses that I think becomes more heightened during labour. So yeah. it's why it's so important. Like smell is so important in labour as well to take yeah. things with you that smell like home and that give you comfort through how they smell. It's really, really important. Yeah, so that that was definitely the strangest one, and then music would be my other one because, oh, yeah, um, again they had a lovely little speaker set up. They had LED, you know, candlelight candles. Yeah, it was, a, and this is on the, you know, this is it's on, on the like the, floor. yeah, the labour <laughs> ward rather yeah. than kind of a um, uh, midwife led unit. Yeah, no, so they um, they are equipped. I think, and I had a conversation with the midwife about hypnobirthing, and she said it is becoming you know, mm. more and more common and they do have educational pieces throughout the year. So midwives are becoming, you know, more familiar yeah. with it. And that's they why they it. were so set up for it in terms of they had the essential oils, they had LED candles. She said straight up, she said straight away, you know, how how do you envisage this delivery going? Do you have any birth plans you'd like me to talk through? So she was well. That's very yeah. good. We are re- we're very lucky in this country for sure that it is um, you know becoming much more sort of recognized and a lot of midwives are trained in it now which helps and the fact that the hospital um, you know even on the and I hate to say like even on the labor ward but even on the labor ward uh, yeah. which, you know high risk in quotation mark well it's, um, it was, you know that's um, amazing she was open to far more and she was sort of suggesting far more alternative things so it's just popped into my head yeah. I probably should have said during the um, birth that Juliet was back to back so obviously we oh, were okay needing her to turn um for delivery and she suggested using a I've forgotten the name but basically a blanket and you're on all fours and it wraps around your bum so basically she used a hospital sheet though in the same way to and I don't know if that was why Juliet turned but she did she turned right at the last minute and Rebozo it's called Rebozo that's it so she you know she suggested that and said amazing that she was um you know, thought could help, um, given that I found being sort of on my knees or standing up or on all yeah. fours is my most comfortable position. So we did that yeah. for a little bit. Um, and that did, that did turn her. She sounds like a really good, amazing midwife. 
<laughs> you never forget your midwife either. You always remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is probably a silly question, but I tend to always ask um, people on who come on and tell their birth story. But would you recommend hypnobirthing? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent would. And I, I have been a huge advocate for it since going through labour and using, you know, the tools I learned through hypnobirthing. I just, it's like, I would, I would call it something different. <laughs> yeah. connection, connection of your mind, body and baby. The <laughs> hypnobirthing side of it, I think puts a lot of people off and, 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 and it did, it does, yeah, yeah, it did for me as well, because I thought it's a bit woo woo, you know, am I going to have to burn sage leaves and wear women <laughs> and sort of like, you know, dance around holding hands, but it was, yeah, using your knowledge and using the meditations and just, I really felt connected to my body and it sounds silly but I I was speaking to her you know throughout labor through in those in those days beforehand yeah um and they had said with her weight you know if I'd gone to my full due date or overdue by two weeks we would have been looking at a sort of you know nine to ten pound baby right yeah bigger so she knew that she needed to come at that time because I was able to birth her the way I did yeah um and even you know throughout a saying I you know I need you to turn now you need to work with me um which sounds silly saying out loud but I do believe like because it they are it. part of you they're, they're connected yeah. to you there's a lot that your mind can can really do and, and going in with the positive mindset that I had which yeah. you know had been given to me through hypnobirthing it gave me the sense of peace so I didn't fear childbirth I really went into it just really looking forward to the whole experience. We're looking forward yeah. to my baby. Um, at that point, we obviously we didn't know it was if it was a girl or boy. Yeah. Um, and so meeting my little girl at the end of it was yeah amazing. Yeah. But I I often that's something that I tell people um, on the course is that it you know one of the most effective ways to turn your baby is to is hypnotherapy. So basically talking to them, and it does sound daft. And I always sort of say to people, I know this sounds really daft, but mm-hmm it actually is really effective and that you know you've just said that as well that just talking to them and encouraging them to you know go into what's you know the most comfortable position for them and things like that it really does work yeah no it was I I just I I believe she knew that she was ready to come and yeah she gave me the most um straightforward you know her birth could have gone lots of different ways um but it didn't it was the most it was everything we'd hoped for yeah and you were obviously so you know calm and relaxed and confident and that allowed your body to just do what it needed to do and you know it did it beautifully yeah no we um I feel well I feel proud of myself I mean I know there's no medals for childbirth but I like to you celebrate your achievements and I yeah that was a huge one for me definitely absolutely uh, celebrate it (laughs) definitely cool well thank you so much for sharing your story as I said I think it's just a really great positive story for all of those reasons reasons that I mentioned earlier but the time in you know our lives that you gave birth as well which is obviously quite scary for some people and still is because things are still a little bit well they're not quite back to normal are they with in terms of giving birth so it's just really helpful for people to hear a positive story like that you know during COVID times and you know being a first time first time mum as well and it's just a really lovely positive story so thank you no problem I would just say sorry I'm just going to add one more thing about the about giving birth in a pandemic there are so many things outside of your control and hypnobirthing gave us a sense of control over our birth 
and I know birth there's so many elements of it that are uncontrollable but what you learn in hypnobirthing really does set you up for basically everything any anything could happen and I feel like you're more prepared for it so yeah totally <laughs> but yeah birth, no. is un- birth is unpredictable isn't it so yeah if you can be as as prepared as possible and as kind of in control as possible then it's definitely gonna gonna help you no, but you were instrumental in all that today so thank oh. you so much for yeah allowing us to have the delivery we did oh no oh well gosh I didn't do anything <laughs> but no you're very welcome but no it was a pleasure I love you know I mean god yeah that's why that's why I teach it because it's just I, I can I know the difference it makes yeah. uh, to people so it's just an honor really to share it with people and to hear such amazing positive stories is just really rewarding Thank you everybody for listening to the episode. I hope that it has left you feeling confident and motivated no matter what your birth situation might look like. I will be back in two weeks time with another episode. So until then, goodbye.